The Tom Woods Show, episode 1496. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Folks, the great and heroic Bob Murphy has a brand new book out, Contra Krugman, Smashing the Errors of America's Most Famous Keynesian. This thing is going to give you a ton of intellectual ammunition. Check it out at ContraKrugmanBook.com. And I am the narrator of the audiobook version. How about that? You can get that for free through the Audible offer at TomWoodsAudio.com. At any rate, get all the details at ContraKrugmanBook.com. Hey everybody, Tom Woods here. I think most of you folks listening know that Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller is a libertarian. Of course, the the magician duo. Teller is also a libertarian, as it turns out. And so is our guest today, Doc Dixon, who appeared on the Penn and Teller program, Fool Us. And not only did he appear on the program, but he did in fact fool them. And then when I found out that he was on my email list, I said, all right, Come on, USOB. You're coming on this show. We're going to talk this through. I have to talk to you about this just because of my my lifelong interest in this stuff and the fact that there are magicians that I follow closely. I go to live performances. I watch Fool Us Faithfully. And I just want to pick your brain, first of all, about being a magician and also about the process. So, so first of all, Doc, welcome to the show. Thanks. Give us a little bit of your background. Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I, I lived here for about a year with my wife and six sons, uh, ages four to 12. So let's speak quietly because I don't want them to know I'm here. They'll start to be loud. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I have five girls, so I, I know a little bit about what that's like. Oh, that that's easy. <laughs> No, a half a dozen boys would be a challenge, I'll, I'll, I'll say. I, people have always told me uh, that sons are harder when they're younger, but easier when they're older compared to daughters. And I, and I hope that's true. I really do. <laughs> I mean, it's a blessing. I love my boys. We also have a grown daughter who's 29. So, uh, yeah, b- big family. But yeah, I, I, I live in uh, just uh, south of Atlanta, Georgia. And before that, I uh, lived in the Pittsburgh area. And uh, I'm a magician, uh, specifically mostly working in the corporate markets because in in magic, you know, most people, when they hear you're a magician for a living, it's like either end of the spectrum. Oh, you're a birthday party magician or you're a Las Vegas headliner. Right. (laughs) There's this big uh, gap between the two. uh, And a lot of that is people that do what I do. And that is entertaining at corporate events, uh, performing at trade shows to help companies increase traffic, that sort of thing. You know, it actually reminds me of how people think about best-selling authors, yes. which I am. And they think, oh, you're a multimillionaire with 12 homes. That is not so, <laughs> it turns out. That's not so. There, there is a, there's a huge chasm between people whose books were featured on Oprah and some guy with a self-published book that sold 10 copies. There's a huge array of people in between those. So, uh, so how long have you been doing this? Oh, uh, for a living, about 30 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, you know, are I you... really thought you were going to get me on here to discuss things like Smoot Holly tariff. I mean, <laughs> that is the last thing in the world I want to talk about. Man. I, hey, <laughs> I had a great Smoot Holly bit, but never mind. Never mind. You, you, you're going to have to save that for some other podcast. Okay. All right. All right. So, what impresses me about Penn and Teller is that and I'm sure this would be true of a lot of other practitioners of sleight of hand, is that from time to time, they'll show you how the trick is done. Like they show you 
how the cup and ball routine is done. And then they do it again now that you know how it's done. And even though you know how it's done, a layman like me still finds that it's tricky to see Teller doing it. You know, like I know how he must be doing it. And he's so good that even after he explains it to me, I think that is just amazing. So these guys are able to sit there. I want to explain everybody in case they haven't seen it. You really should watch their program, Fool Us. The premise is they bring all these top-notch magicians on to the program and they sit and watch the routine. And the idea is that that magician is trying to fool them. It's trying to get something past them that they can't figure out. They know magic inside and out. Most of the time they know how a magician is doing what he's doing. But if you fool them, what is it that you get? Uh, you get the Fullest Trophy, which has the uh, initials of Fullest on there. Intelligent listeners can do the math. Yep. And uh, also, I'll, I'll actually just be doing this in, in just a few days. Uh, I'll be leaving for Vegas to appear in their show. Yeah, okay, so that's the thing. You get to appear uh, in their Vegas show, or I, I guess, as an opener. Is that how it works? <laughs> no, the, the the funny conceit of it is they do their show and then I go up. So I, I can say very tongue in cheek. Yeah, my uh, my opening act was Penn and Teller. Oh, that's hilarious. I absolutely love that. OK, so I want to skip right ahead. I mean, I have other questions to ask you as a magician, but uh, I'm too high time preference. I need my immediate gratification right now. So I have to ask you what the process is like. I mean, there must be a lot of magicians who want to get on that show. How do you do it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, the word goes out to the magic community. Oh, you know, online, obviously. Uh, uh, December, yeah, late December, November, uh, the fullest season. Like when I shot, my episode was shot in March. They're all shot in over a two-week period in early March. So send us your video. And you essentially send them a private YouTube link. And they go through tons. I don't know how to quantify it, but hundreds, hundreds, thousand plus videos to get it down to the 50 or so that make it on the air. And their primary thing they're looking for is not a fooler. I mean, that's great. That's bonus. But they want to make good TV. Right. That's going to be a hook. I mean, one thing is a little inside baseball, but you'll hear is, uh, while we love card tricks, they got a lot of card tricks sent in. I'm sure. I'm sure. So if it's not a card trick, that does help. Uh, the routine I sent in, um, the advantage, I think, of getting it accepted was that it kind of has a natural hook. I don't want to spoil the ending, but I did a variation of the classic, the shell game. Uh, and the ending is what fooled them. Yeah, the, the ending, ending is, is what fooled them. It, it was so great to see Penn guessing how you must have done it. And you say, no, I did not do it that way. And him saying, well, then I guess you fooled us. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yes. Yeah. Because I going into it, that I had no feelings of, yes, I'm going to fool them. No, no, no. I thought, okay, I want to present this routine. I love this routine. My clients of the past over many years have loved this routine. Want to get it on TV. And then when he said that, it's like, wow. And and then watching it on the TV show, I didn't realize at the time that uh, when he asked me, you did it in such and such a way. And I looked at him and I said, no, sir. And I saw Allison Hannigan's expression. Her, she's the host. Yeah, she's Just the host everybody. of the show. 
and a wonderfully charming woman because in these uh, couple weeks airing, she's having this same conversation essentially again and again and again uh, while they're debating. And it's much longer in real life than it is on TV. It's edited down. They're, they're discussing right, yeah. how they think the trick is done a good uh, at least for me a good 10 minutes really yes. it's that much yes and they're talking uh with the person behind the scenes mike close uh who functions as the magic consultant for the program very smart guy mike magically and otherwise and also uh during the program the kind of the referee where they're determined whether they are fooled and so it's a long conversation and you know she's She's very charming about it. And I will tell you that it's been an unexpected surprise. The number of people who, you know, since I've been able to announce I've been on the show and since the episode aired, the number of guys that have said, oh, wow, you met Allison Hannigan. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) I I think I I think I could uh, for my own cottage industry uh, set up at Comic-Cons. Ten dollars. Shake the hand of the man that shook Allison Hannigan's hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adore her, and, and and justifiably so. Wonderful person, but yeah. So that 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 which I'm sorry, I've gone way off the reservation as far as what you've asked me. It, it, well, no, that's okay. I want all the information I get. I want all the inside scoop. I mean, of course, I knew that obviously the program has to be edited, but I did not realize how much time they took. Oh yeah, talking about how they think the trick is done. Now that's really interesting. Now at the when it's all over, the program, the recording is over. Do you at any time have to or not necessarily have to, but feel in some way compelled to reveal to them what the secret actually is? Uh, Like as of this moment, do they now know how your trick is done? Yes, yes. Okay, Uh, how did that come about? Well, uh, if I can, I'll get to that, but can I just backtrack a little? Oh yeah, take all the time you want. Okay, they, uh, I'm introduced. Now this helped me fool them. When they came up and I shook their hands, I did give them the Rothbardian secret handshake. Well, you you told a joke about elections that they liked. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that just for them in the show. Uh, it, as an entertainer, it, particularly in in corporate venues, I do no political jokes. That's you know danger, Will Robinson. Oh yeah, I'm, why would you do that? Right. Yeah, uh, but the joke I did uh, was they were playing the shell game. The first round was with the audience, and they guessed the wrong shell. And I says. Don't feel bad. It, it was my fault. It's the choice you had. They're all empty and identical. It's like voting. Yeah. I did yeah. that, and I was taken aback by their response. I figured, They loved it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, Teller kicked up his feet and then uh, improvised, fist bumped both of them. And what made it particularly funny for me, once the episode aired, a good friend of mine messaged me, and she said, I said to my husband, Dave, look, there's three libertarians at the table. And then I do that joke a minute later. So it just just a fun, very fun part of the experience. Yeah. So I do the routine. Again, in, in real life, it's at least 10 minutes. Uh, they discuss what they discuss. You know, I, I, I'm not privy to that conversation, obviously, and I, I haven't asked about it. He says, you fooled us. Yes. Come on stage. Give me the trophy. We're walking backstage, take some pictures, and they don't ask. But at that point, I'm fine with telling them. Yeah, <laughs> I said, uh, 
said to tell her, uh, would you like to know how it's done? And tell her, uh, yes, <laughs> which I have so much respect for them. Just that was a big compliment that one, yeah. word, you know, huge. And, uh, I, I shared it with them briefly and, uh, just, just wonderful. Just, just, uh, I have to say, uh, apart from the uh, magic part of the show, so many reality shows or not reality, but talent showcase shows on TV, they have snarky judges and they inflict upon their performers this kind of prefab sob story, you know, like, oh, I've, I hope this will change my life. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got my, my son needs an operation kind of story. Yes. Yes. And Penn and Teller Foolish is the exact opposite of that. If you're a fan of the show, make note of how they talk about particularly the people, the performers that don't fool them. Penn is always so gracious, so praising. I know. Uh, I love it. It's just wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, he's an, he's an absolute gentleman. I mean, he he loves the craft. He loves people who love the craft. So I I love watching him. I love listening to him. Uh, I'm I'm so impressed when he knows so much that he's he's been around for a while. And this, you know what? The the next I think uh, line of questions should wait for a minute. So let's pause for a second. And come right back. Some of my listeners say to me, Woods. I can't take any more book recommendations from The Tom Woods Show. I already have so many books to read. Where do I even begin? I've been there. I know what you're talking about. Well, let me recommend Blinkist, the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down so you can read or listen to the main points in just 15 minutes. I use Blinkist when I'm driving my daughters all over town, and in 15 minutes, I can feel like I've consumed a book. In fact, if you have a typical commute, it's entirely plausible that you could read the equivalent of four books a day. I'm a real booster of The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss and also Getting Things Done by Dave and Allen. Eight million people are already using Blinkist, and it has a massive and growing library. Well, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com woods to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com woods to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com woods. Before we go on, I want to know, are you, as a magician, impressed by the knowledge they have, or is it that all magicians just know all this stuff? All, no, all magicians do not have the encyclopedic knowledge that that they have. And and as much as Penn has at times joked about, you know, Teller's the smart one. I'm just the big dumb guy. No, 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 no. Hey, yeah, nobody are, falls for that. Yeah, they are both extremely smart. I have been watching the show where I'm my my roots in magic are uh, began with card magic, uh, sleight of hand magic, and I'm watching someone. I'm thinking, okay, I know what this is. Uh, uh, another performer on the show, and wow, I think this might fool them because you know Penn and Teller they're they're stage magicians, and I'm watching someone do something that's a rather esoteric card piece, and then in the uh, the did they fool them part of the show? Penn is citing virtual chapter and verse as to the book this came from. And just like my mind is like, wow, they're yeah. they're that deep in the weeds on this that, that 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 they know that much. So yeah, it is it is no easy feat. I think 
if there is a path to fooling them and I, and, and I say that, you know, having fooled them once and I, I far from an, an authority on this, I'm just saying my guest is a humble guest on the show. I think what helped me was I started off with the classic trick, which has a classic ending. You can't help but watch. If you know that ending, your mind goes one way, but then at a certain point, what's actually happening goes another way. And so in live performance, them watching me live and only getting a chance to see it once, by the time that ending happens, they've already gone the route of going the classic ending that in some ways it's tougher for them because they know so much. Almost their knowledge almost works against them at that point. Yeah, yeah, because they, right, they've seen these routines many times. They assume they're seeing that same routine again. And then there's a monkey wrench thrown in the works at the end. I've seen numerous cases of that on the show. And that, I would say, disproportionately is the kind of trick that does fool them. Yeah. Because they're, they're so wired to expect that, oh, here it is again, to go one way, and then it goes in a radically different direction. Now, they, when they're conveying to the performer the way they think the trick is done, and they do it in a way that is supposed to be understandable to magicians and not to the general public, I think most of the time they're successful at that. But some of the times they're conveying to the performer the name of, let's say, somebody in magic from whom they got the trick. It could be a, a, a magic company. It could be a person who devises illusions and whatever. And so that makes me wonder. Obviously, I don't expect magicians to develop all their tricks themselves or develop them all from scratch. Uh, but at the same time, I don't expect them to go down to the local novelty store for the tricks. It seems to me like there's some unknown thing out there that's known only to magicians where – a lot of magicians are in fact getting their tricks. Now, is that something you can tell us about? Sure. It's, it's a bit of a generational thing. Um, I, I occasionally in my work will, will meet uh, a teenager that, that knows a little magic. And I'll ask him a few questions about it, kind of fishing for the appropriate jargon. And if I hear some of that back, I'll then ask them uh, where do you learn your magic? And I don't mean to sound like a Luddite, but it's a shame to say most of the time I hear YouTube. Oh. And the, the problem with, with that is that there is no gatekeeper to it. And I, and I don't mean in a censoring way. I mean in the imprimatur of this person who is putting this video knows what they're talking about. <laughs> Some of the instruction you're going to get on YouTube uh, in sight of hand, much of it just is 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 very lacking. Uh, now, really? all that being said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, okay. I'm, I'm in my home office here, and I'm standing uh, or sitting in front of probably seventy feet if you stack them end for end of magic books. That's I'm of an age where that's where my magic education comes from, but the the, the YouTube videos. I see them and they're, they're incomplete or they're, sometimes they're, they're just plain wrong. Uh, and, and I'll frequently say here, here's my card. If you have a serious interest, uh, feel free to email me and I can recommend some books to you. Oh, okay. Maybe that's, I, maybe I'm old fashioned, get off my lawn. But, but, but wait, all that being said, I can't, I can't be too grouchy about it because when in my incompetent skill set, try to do any kind of pair, 
what's the first thing I do? I go on YouTube, you know, to see well, yeah, what I mean, else that's why someone I was, else has done. Yeah, that's why I was surprised to hear you say that because for all its faults, if I want to know how to fix my toilet, I can find a video on it. Yeah, yeah, same here, same here. Do you ever have to deal with hecklers? If you're in the corporate market, you assume these people are well-behaved, but have you ever in 30 years had to deal with that? Yes, uh, not that often. I dealt with it more early on, uh, uh, you know, decades ago when probably my act wasn't as good, so it deserved to get heckled. <laughs> you know, but that was a long time ago. Uh, now it doesn't happen. Uh, it just doesn't, particularly... In, in, in the corporate market, they're, while they may not be concerned what I on stage feel, they certainly don't want to look rude to their coworkers. Right. So that is a constraint. Yeah. I'll tell you a technique I, I have used a few times, and it's not so much for hecklers. It's for the person that says something that they're being helpful and it's funny. And, and this is kind of a, a, a behind-the-scenes thing here. Are you familiar enough with Star Trek to know the term Kobayashi Maru? I unfortunately am not. Uh, my friends are. Okay. In Star Trek II, it was something where it was a, uh, a fight simulation, battle simulation in the old uh, William Shatner Star Trek. And what he did was he changed the programming of the computer and it was said that he cheated, and and Kirk's response was to the effect, I didn't cheat, I adapted, I improvised. So here's what I'll do in those settings when someone says something, it adds to the, and I don't do this that often, I have to pick my spots. It adds a laugh to the show, but I fear that's going to give them license again to do this, and it may not add to the show that time, and then it creates an awkward moment. They'll say the remark. It gets a laugh. And I will point out, now that is the way to heckle. He added to the show. And oddly enough, that gets a laugh. And I'll say, but be careful. Because the next time you may do it, it may not add to the show. And then it gives us the awkward pause. Uh. Here's what that sets up. The next time that person says something, if it's funny, it gets a laugh. That's great. They've added to the show. But because I've said what I've said, if they say something that's not funny, I just look and shrug. And that also gets a laugh because I predicted it. Right, right, right. Oh, that is good. That's good. I like that strategy. Now, as a magician, obviously you're perfecting your routine over the years. It must be tricky to, you know, differentiate yourself because there are a lot of classic tricks people expect to see that a lot of magicians do. Um and, you know, there are only so many things you can do. I mean, I guess some everything's a variation on something. How do you, how do you come up with a routine? Uh, I'm a big fan of the classics. It's sort of what I did on Penn & Teller, and that is uh, I did a classic routine, but that ending is mine. So if a magician begins with the classics and then varies them not only uh, in the effect, but also predominantly in presentation – uh, that's a way to differentiate. Okay. So who would you say in this day and age, leaving Penn and Teller out of it, are the most impressive magicians from your point of view? Like ones we might've heard of. Oh, uh, well, that, that's, that's a tough proviso you put on it, leaving Penn and Teller out of it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, cause we already know how good they are. Sure. Well, 
David Copperfield is just a beast. Yeah. A 40 plus year career of, I don't know how you can hold a candle to it. I mean, uh, when he was introduced earlier in the season on Fullest, he took the Penn and Teller seats and Penn and Teller fooled him. Uh, they I missed or that. Penn I introduced to, him. I have to find that. Oh, you got to find it. It's, it's great. It's great. In, in my mind, because I, I don't like snark and meanness in entertainment. I, I really love when I see people that are that great being gracious. The graciousness between the, the two acts was, was so in evidence. Uh, they introduced him. They introduced Copperfield. Uh, don't know if this is verbatim, but it amounted to this as the greatest magician of all time or the greatest wow. magician on the planet. So... Wow. To me, watching it had a real rat pack affect and feel to it. You know, these these titans in this craft together on stage. Wonderful to watch. Yeah, just uh, you'll find you'll find it on YouTube contradicting my previous comments. (laughs) Is there anybody you think is uh, overrated or derivative that we've heard of? I mean, not that you want to badmouth people, but that makes for good podcasting. Let's be honest. Um. Easy joke in three, two, one. Paul Krugman. Uh, well, okay, fair enough, but nobody else? Like somebody like me watches David Blaine, and I think this guy's unbelievable. But for all I know, a uh, professional magician looks at him and says, I could do this. It's like the, the vocalist Josh Groban. Now, he came out of Broadway. And then he made a huge career for himself as a recording artist. And a lot of other Broadway acts were saying, well, look, any Broadway singer could sing as well as that guy. Yeah, but none of them had the, the I don't know, the motivation to go out and do it. You know, I, I look at David Blaine and am nothing but impressed, uh, particularly in the way he cut a unique path for his career. I mean, he, he too, not, not the length of career that Copperfield had but or has had. But it's been 20 years since his first special, 20 years plus, uh, a giant. Yeah, that's amazing. There's a routine you can find on YouTube in which he he does a trick with uh, George W. Bush. And at the end of the trick, he's got Bush's watch. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. How did he do that? I mean, you see him do it, but Bush doesn't realize it's happening. Now, again, okay, I realize I we're not do that. dealing with the brightest president of all time, but still. No, I, I used to do the same thing, steal people's watches. Uh, it used to be the closer of my stand-up act. I don't do it anywhere near as often uh, because cell phones have changed the number of people that wear watches. They're harder to find. Oh, that's right, harder to find. So you have yep. to, it has to be an older person because they, they'd be more likely to wear them. Ah, smart. So are you able to maintain your career just through word of mouth or do you have to aggressively market? What do you do? Uh, all of that. I mean, uh, market, uh, you know, I, I've said since since I uh, had the uh, notice that I can announce I've been on the show, you know, talking about, you know, marketing, that began uh, with this. Uh, it was filmed in March. I was given the notice, I think, in July that I was allowed to announce I'd be on the show. Then, of course, I wasn't allowed to announce that I fooled them until after the show aired. 
And so that's been uh, several stages of marketing to my clients. Hey, look for me on the show. After the show, where hey, here's the clip from the show right. to new clients. I mean, it's 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 constant. I mean, it, it's like much like your business. I haven't received just one email from Tom Woods. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I get them on a pretty regular basis. Yes, you do. And so <laughs> much, much like my business, uh, same thing. A pretty regular basis, and you know. Your prospects are people that are interested in what you do. My prospects, much like a landscaper, doesn't try to sell people in the desert who have no plants. I don't try to sell to people who have no entertainment needs or have, who don't have needs for what I do. So I pitch to them. The, the difference is for a number of people that have need for what I do, they may not realize it. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to what we've talked about earlier on that people know of magicians, birthday parties, Las Vegas headliners. And there's this whole gap in between a big chunk of that being corporate entertainment that some of them don't know about. Meeting planners know about it, but say a, a company's exhibiting at a trade show and they want to get more leads. If they haven't seen me or see other people that do what I do, uh, they don't know how helpful I can be to them. So I'm, I'm constantly marketing to those people and, of course, constantly marketing to the people that I've already worked with, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Sure, sure. Well, let's do a little marketing for you right now. What's your website? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, it is docdixon.com, D-O-C-D-I-X-O-N.com. You can learn there. Well, you see the link to the, the full us appearance right on the front page. And mostly talks about the corporate entertainment that I do. And I think I may have messaged you about this, but one other thing I do that is totally different from the corporate side, uh, my six boys from my wife and I, uh, all of them came to us through adoption. And that's obviously a, a big part of our lives. And so something I, I've begun to do just recently, uh, mostly for, for churches, is that it's an event that's half date night for couples where I do my stand-up comedy act. And then the other half uh, is a talk about walking people through the adoption process, through the foster adoption processes, which is how we did it. Uh, because it's, you know, people can be terrified about it if they, if, you know, they, they don't know the facts. So we kind of hold their hands through it. And that came through something my wife and I have just done one-on-one -on -one informally with people for years and we've realized how hearing for someone from someone who's been through that process makes it a little, a uh, little easier. Wow. So you can find uh, information about that there or just contact me through the website. And that's interesting too. Wow. Okay. DocDixon.com is definitely where you want to go. I'll link to it at TomWoods.com slash 1496. Well, thanks for coming on and, and talking about this and satisfying my curiosity about the inner workings and the behind the scenes stuff. Um, now I, you know, now I'm, I'm much more satisfied <laughs> now that I know all this stuff. So uh, continued good luck to you. Thank you, Tom. And the same to you. Love the podcast. All right, folks, that's it for today. Michael Rechtenwald, retired from NYU. You know him, the amazing celebrity professor, in my opinion the lifelong Marxist who changed his mind and is now firmly in our camp, returns to the show tomorrow. So make sure you do not miss that. Let's see, what can I give you as a little assignment tonight? Oh yeah, some of you have websites, some of you are selling things, some of you just want people to donate to you. 
And if you'd like to receive Bitcoin payments, you think, I'm never going to figure this out. It's too difficult. I'd like to do it. If somebody could just press a magic button for me and make it happen. I can't do that, but I can do the next best thing. I have a series of videos that will walk you through for free exactly how to do this. So if you want that free video series, head over to TomWoods.com slash Bitcoin, and I'll see you tomorrow. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.